0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Sunday, October the 11th, 2020. Today we are going to review Kentucky's uh, Kentucky football's win over Mississippi State last night, 24 to two at Kroger Field. Kentucky intercepted six passes, uh, held Mississippi State without it without a really without an offensive point. The only points Mississippi State got was on a safety. Uh, so, first win of the year for Kentucky. They're now one and two. They travel to Tennessee on Saturday for a big SEC matchup with their uh, southern rival, the Tennessee Volunteers. I'll be talking with uh, my guest, Mark Story, of the Herald-Leader, to review the Mississippi State game and to look ahead to Tennessee. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it with Mark Story of the Herald-Leader. Okay, and regular Sunday feature, my Sunday guest, Mark Story, my friend, fellow columnist at the Herald-Leader. How's your Sunday going, Mark?
1: It's good, John.
0: That's good. That's good. Uh, Kentucky coming off the big win over Mississippi State last night. Uh, obviously a great effort by the defense. Uh, the offense struggled. We'll start with the good stuff first uh, about the defense. Uh, what, what do you think? Six interceptions after not intercepting a pass or forcing a turnover the first two games, they get six interceptions last night. What would you think was the key to Kentucky's defensive effort last night?
1: Well, I think they had a very smart plan. They you know, played the air raid the way you need to play it. You know, They dropped – You know,
0: seven, eight guys in coverage played zone. Which which we talked about and you wrote about. We talked about last week on the podcast. You talked about it and you wrote about it this week. And kept everything in front of
1: them. And, you know, when you force the team to make all, you know, when, when a team is set up to make all those short passes and you keep everything in front, you know, the more plays you force them to run, the higher the chances are that, you know, a ball is going to go off somebody's hand or you're going to be able to jump around. And I thought, you know, after struggling badly against Ole Miss, and I thought, thought playing sort of so-so at Auburn, I thought it was a, you know, really strong effort. thought Brad White had a really good plan, and I thought, you know, that Kentucky executed it with discipline and precision. And the other thing, Kentucky's tackling was just tremendous in that game. Yeah. I mean, there was almost no yardage after catch for MSU.
0: Yeah, that was the thing I asked. I asked Brad White about that during the week about how much the UK defensive coordinator about how important tackling was in a game like this when you're trying to keep, you know, the res- on short passes, not turn them into medium or long gains. And he, he referred to it as hidden yards, said even as much as two yards, if they throw a four-yard pass and you miss a tackle and the guy gets two or three extra yards, there's a big difference between second and six and second and three. Uh, and yeah, I thought they did a great job last night on tackling. No doubt about that. Uh, the other thing, too, and and patient. They didn't. I think maybe the coaches sort of hinted around that maybe guys were getting out of their responsibilities and trying to make plays against Ole Miss, especially when uh, things were turning bad. Uh, it takes discipline to play against that air, play defense against the air raid offense, and and they did a good job of that.
1: Yeah, they really did and you know I think the defense will you know get, get some swag back and you know get some confidence from having you know gone against a a team that you know or a coach that has a reputation for offensive prowess and playing so well and you know I think I think it's a game that you know obviously they're not going to face an air raid attack per se the rest of the year but I do think you know that they'll gain confidence from having so well executed a game plan and played so well I think uh, I think they can build off that moving forward
0: uh, before we get to the woes of the offense, what about Mike Leach in this? I mean, now Arkansas played. You know, as you talked about last week, Washington played this defense when Mike was at Washington State and had great success against uh, against uh, Leach. Now Arkansas, similar strategy last week, they beat Mississippi State, Kentucky. Holds. I think it's the first time Leach a uh, Leach hit, uh, team as a head coach did not score a touchdown uh is it, mike's gonna have to of course you can make the he can make the excuse these are not my players and he sort of said after the game he's going to get rid of the malcontents. see who wants to play uh we recruit his own players but how much is this a red flag for mike leach in the sec
1: Well, I think it has to be worrisome. Now, I looked up his first year at Washington State, they struggled offensively. They had four games where they didn't score in double figures. So, you know, maybe, you know, especially with, you know, out of full spring practice and, you know, the need for precision in in this offense is, you know, so, you know, there probably are, you know, some valid excuses. I guess I have two questions. Number one, just the scrutiny in the SEC, is you know it's unlike coaching anywhere else and i just right. wonder you know how my kind of an iconoclastic personality is going to bear up under that and <laughs> right. you know and 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 the other thing you know the kind of the how mummy approach is you know we're not compromising anything you we know we're right. not changing anything we're just going to do what we do and and, and you're, you're going to have to stop it and if we do it the right way nobody will stop it but it seems like there is a plan to stop it and a lot of coaches would you know just you know okay we'll adjust off that i mean i'm there i'm confident there are ways to attack a three-man pass rush and 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 and, but you know is is will mike be willing to make any adjustments off what he does and you know that that to me you know i think that is very much remaining to be seen
0: Yeah, the other thing too to me is the superior athletes in the SEC, especially on defense. You know, just they got more speed and quickness uh, on defense in the SEC than in other in most other leagues. How that'll hold up, how Air rate will hold up against that uh, against that type of athleticism you know, I think it remains to be seen. But, but I mean, Mike's a smart guy, I think. But as you mentioned, he's I think Mike's pretty stubborn. I know Hal was stubborn. Uh, we'll see how, how that plays out. Uh, meanwhile, Kentucky's got their own offensive problems to fix. The downside of last night uh, was that the offense definitely struggled. Now, Mississippi State has a really good run defense. They were holding uh, opponents to under two yards of carry coming into last night's game. They run a, they run a different 3-3-5 defense with a lot of movement, uh, with their uh, defensive coordinator who came from the Rocky Long school out at San Diego State, what, what do you think was the main problem last night on offense?
1: Yeah, that was um, that was not a good showing. And as someone who had <laughs> defended the offense in print on Friday, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: huh. the way it always works. Of course, <laughs> you praise some in print, and it you know, it goes. Uh, it goes down the tubes the next time they play.
1: If you could take the team that gained 558 yards against uh, – or the offense that gained 558 yards against Ole Miss and the defense that right. intercepted six passes against Mississippi State, they'll ha- they'll really have something. <laughs> but, right. yeah, the, to me the biggest surprise, I thought Kentucky, knowing that Mississippi State is good defensively and good defensively against the run, I thought Kentucky would be able to run it right at them. Mm-hmm. Well, at least a little bit with the the big blue wall and, and and Christopher Rodriguez especially, and I didn't really feel like they tried that much. They they ran an awful lot of quarterback run, which worked very well against Ole Miss, and maybe you know they were trying to carry over some things that they did last year with Lynn Bowden, but you know it, it seemed apparent to me that that wasn't working. I was a little surprised they stayed with that as long as they did.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it just seemed like a disjointed. Offense, of course. Terry had had a really good game the week before against Ole Miss. Terry Wilson, the quarterback, at 14 of 18. They had a couple of drops in that game. He could have easily been 16 of 18. He ran for over 20 yards. They ran for 408 yards against Ole Miss. But obviously, as we saw, what Alabama put 63 on Ole Miss last night. Their defense is not very good. Mississippi State's defense is better, better, uh, but they never could just really get into rhythm. Other than they 50 yard run. By Terry, that set, Terry Wilson that set up their first score. They just didn't get a whole lot done.
1: No, they didn't. You know, Terry w- was off. You know, you could tell he was off a little bit. And but even so, there were some that they, they had some early drops. Right. And if those those balls are caught, maybe you know the quarterback heats up a little bit. You get in a little more rhythm. You know, Terry had the long scramble and then made a really good throw on that touchdown to Keaton Upshaw. Right. But other than that, it was there. There wasn't much to hang your hat on. And, you're getting ready to go, you know, into Tennessee and Georgia back to back. As as much confidence as the defense takes out of that game, you know, you worry about the offense because uh, that was that was that was that was not a good performance. No, also. no.
0: So uh, Joey Gatewood, we got a first look at him just briefly there towards the end of the game when Kentucky had the game in hand. The the transfer from Auburn who was recently recently. Uh, uh, Got his waiver from both the NCAA and the SEC. He had to get a waiver from the SEC since he transferred from one SEC school to another. Um, last week, our colleague Josh Moore did a mailbag where he got a lot of questions about Terry and quarterbacking. I told Josh on the podcast last week, I thought that was crazy. Terry played, coming off one of his best games. You know, why would you even consider a quarterback change? That was crazy. But what about now? After Terry didn't play play very well, you've got Joy Gatewood. The coaches seem to love Bo Allen. Is Terry on a shorter leash, or is Terry still your guy?
1: I think Terry's still the guy. But if he, I mean, I think he's still the guy. Knowing he's got to play better, that they can't, you know, play like he can't play like he played Saturday night, and they can't play like they did offensively going forward and 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 you not at least have to think about it right and i and you know i understand that there's always a lot of hope invested in a backup quarterback especially backup quarterbacks with recruiting hype that you really haven't seen Kentucky now has two of those you know joey gatewood coming in from auburn with a was a highly touted prospect and then bo allen hometown kid here from lexington who is a very polished uh pocket passer and i think would probably help the passing game without question right and and there's there's gonna you know if 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 they don't get it going at least the fans are going to be really agitated in terms of wanting to see a quarterback switch
0: right if you think back to 2018 when they lost that game in overtime at texas a&m where terry did not play well looked really indecisive uh, it was right after that that all of a sudden we start seeing more of uh, Gunner Hoke. If I, if memory serves me, it was almost like even to send a message to Terry. Uh, I don't know if they didn't, if they thought he just needed to, you know, he needed a little fire underneath him or whatever. So, I mean, they, I don't think they're afraid to with Terry, and he responded in two thousand eighteen. Um, I don't think they're for. I don't think this coaching staff is afraid uh, to, uh, you know, at least say, you know, if you don't produce, we've got we got other people here that we can try.
1: Yeah, I like Terry and would want him to succeed. And you know, I think some of the fan criticism is a little unfair of him. I'm always hearing, well, you know, they, you always point. Or I don't mean you personally, but we always point out, you know, their record with him as the starting quarterback, which is good. And people say, well, they've won those games in spite of him. That's really not true. They probably won the Vanderbilt game in 2018 in spite of him. But mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, he, he's done, you know, what's needed to be done in most of these games. Right. But they, you know, they, they're not in a position. They need more than game management from the quarterback position this year. You know, he gave them that in the Ole Miss game. And I thought you know, two huge turnovers aside, you know, then those were two huge turnovers. I thought he played okay at Auburn. Yeah. But that was not an encouraging showing no. last night.
0: No. Uh special teams. Max Duffy. I mean, again last night, I, I think it got lost a little bit in the six interceptions and so forth, but just a tremendous night by him. Not you know, he pinned Mississippi State back on several occasions with great punts. Made the heads up play on the snap over his head where he kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone for a safety instead of trying to recover the ball where, where it could have been, you know, if he didn't recover it, it would could have been a touchdown. Then came right back after that on the free kick and just boom the ball. I'm sure Mississippi State thought they were going to get the ball around, you know, the 40-yard line or something like that, and they end up, if I remember right, like inside the twenty or right around the twenty, uh, you know, and I asked Mark Stoops after the game about Max, and the you know, first word out of Mark's mouth was amazing. I mean, uh, he just he's just been he's just been an incredible asset for this team, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, he impacts winning and losing more than I think I've ever seen a punter. Yeah. And you know, and obviously he's a Ray Guy Award winner and has been recognized for that. But yeah, you know, Mississippi State's punter was good last night. He was too.
0: Yes, very good. Tucker Day. He was really good. Yeah, they
1: um, that that was a cool. Steve Spurrier would have loved that. You had two <laughs> heck of two heck of a punters. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. It would have wowed the old Spur Dog. Okay. Now we go on to Tennessee, the big game in Tennessee. Go down to Knoxville on Kentucky. We'll go down to Knoxville on Saturday uh, to play the Vols. It's a noon start on the SEC network. Um, I wrote. Uh, for my column tomorrow, about Kentucky-Tennessee, and the fact that you know it used to be a big rivalry. It's kind of since they moved around and Kentucky's lack of success. But this game, this this is a big. We seem to say this every week, but when you look down the road at the Kentucky schedule, this is this is another really big game.
1: Yeah, it is. Having you know dug themselves you know quite a hole with that O2 start. You know, the the margin of error is not not great, and if you assume that you know at Alabama is going to be a very difficult game to win, even though in I some ways, think. It's, yeah, right. So you know you at Florida,
0: you, you got Georgia at yeah. home. <laughs> you know some of
1: those games in terms of the way they set up. Are, are kind of favorable. I mean, and I think in you look at you know Tennessee having played at Georgia in a game that had right. a lot of hype and right. you know, Tennessee was really invested in. And then the week after this, they play Alabama. You know, and, and their fans are sort of like Kentucky fans in that there's a long losing streak building with uh, Alabama oh, that mm-hmm. yeah that it is really uh, hard for Tennessee fans to take. So I think there's at least some chance that Tennessee may maybe not be super uh, Pointed to this kentucky game now the fact that the georgia game got away from them so badly in the second half may mitigate that a little bit and that they may feel like they have something to prove but yeah it's a i mean this is a game on paper you know there are metrics that kentucky has been a better program than tennessee they've gone to more bowl games than tennessee since 06 they've had fewer losing seasons than tennessee since 08 but the head-to-head has not reflected that and uh And they haven't won at Neyland since
0: 84, so we'll see. Right, right. But no, that's a good point about uh, Georgia because two years ago, 2018, Kentucky played Georgia here in a big game, a big SEC East game, especially a big game for Kentucky We hadn't been in that position in a long time and they lost Kentucky lost you know fairly decisively i think it was like 34-17 or something like that then they went to tennessee and laid a complete egg and got beat 24 to 7 by not a very good tennessee team and then tennessee as you mentioned a lot of hype around their georgia game yesterday uh, led 21-17 at a half and then get blown get their doors blown off in the second half Will they lay it? Could they have the potential to lay an egg and be down on Saturday when Kentucky comes in? We'll, you know, we'll have to see. It's a little different circumstance because it's earlier in the year than that one was. And then last year, you know, as you mentioned, Kentucky, you know, moved the ball up and down the field, beat them statistically, but couldn't get the ball in the end zone, ended up losing. I think that's two years in a row where Kentucky felt like that they had the better team, but they didn't win the game.
1: Well, that's uh that 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 has not been an uncommon uh, no. phenomenon in th- this <laughs> no. this uh, series. You know, I go back to 2006 when Kentucky went to Neyland Stadium, and my memory of that game is just Tennessee players being helped off the field throughout the game because Kentucky just kicked their kicked their butt physically, but didn't score points yeah. and you know had the ball with a chance to win the game in the red zone and couldn't score. Obviously, 2007, you know, four overtime game. Kentucky had a field goal to win it. In the second overtime and got it blocked, 2009, the Randall Cobb game, there's a long litany of these.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes, yes, back through the years. Back through the years. And, and, you know, uh, of course, we're old enough. uh, I'm certainly old enough to remember when the – series maybe not even but it was at least more competitive and then went through that long dry spell before the Matt Rourke game where Tennessee just dominated then it looked like you know they had a chance in the last few years of getting back to be being more of an even rivalry but uh, as we say Kentucky came up short you know each of the last two years. Um, The other distraction I think was if Jeremy Pruitt wears that same face covering or whatever he had on. Yeah, you know, Kentucky players might be distracted by trying to figure out what the heck he's doing. I don't know. But anyway. Anyway. Okay, what else, what else, anything else we should cover here before we wrap this up?
1: I do think it's interesting that Tennessee's coaching staff, you have three former Kentucky assistants and Derek Ainsley, the defensive coordinator, Jimmy Brumbaugh, the defensive line coach and co-defensive coordinator and T Martin, who has many, many titles, uh, (laughs) who I think assistant head coach, uh, passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach.
0: Right. That's Uh, true. Yeah. Ainsley and Brumbaugh were both under uh, Mark Stoops and then T coached with Joker. Correct. Was he on correct. the staff with Brooks when it went to Joker? But it was after now, Joker got the that, job.
1: Joker was the wide receivers coach, and then he hired T to replace. That's him. right.
0: That's right. You know, I think overall Prude has done a pretty good job. I mean, everybody was ready to fire him last year after they lost uh, in their opener. Was that the Georgia State?
1: They lost to Georgia State, and then just gave away a game. I think it was to BYU. Yes. And Yeah. He. The. I mean, they were. The pitchforks were out, and they. You know, they'd won eight in a row. Going into going into Georgia and
0: yeah you seem like he uh, had the program back on better footing uh at, at least uh, so another two defensive guys going at it with the uh, Pruitt obviously a former defensive coordinator and Mark Stoops more defensive coordinator I thought it was interesting last night Mark was kind of complaining about you know a four and a half hour game as we are as we are used to from the air raid days uh with those short passes and the clock never in the clock uh, stopping on the incompletions but he said I've got to bounce in my step because we got a big one coming up I think Mark maybe. Uh, had been looking forward to this one just over what had happened the last couple of years of playing Tennessee again.
1: Yeah, it would. Uh, it, it's it's fascinating, and I, I'm I'm fascinated by the psychological part of Kentucky Tennessee. And you, you would think just at some point Kentucky would you know just jump up and win a game and just you know play really well in that game and and, and get far enough ahead that they can't you know not win it at the end, but that never seems to happen.
0: No. <laughs> well, maybe this will be the year. We'll see. But the offense definitely has to get it get it going. Uh, they've got to show some improvement. Eddie Graham back to the drawing board. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, meanwhile, give me a prediction on your uh, Dodgers Brave series.
1: Well, the Atlanta's pitching in the playoffs has been ridiculous. Yeah, it's been so a- good.
0: Ask, ask the Reds.
1: <laughs> so it, you know that that gets your attention.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Dodgers still—they've got to be the favorite, though.
1: Well, so, yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, look, look I'm biased. I'm a fan. Are. I
0: know. I, you
1: know, I think the Dodgers have the best team. But I thought yeah. they had the best team last year, and they didn't win it. So we'll see.
0: Now, when is when is uh, our Lexington boy uh, Walker Bula, when's Walker proud of Lexington. Starts, when's he starting? He starts game one Monday night. He does start game one. I hadn't seen the Dodgers rotation. So they're going with Kershaw and two?
1: Yeah, they've, they've gone Bueller-Kershaw one, two in both both uh, both okay. series so far.
0: Okay. Well, it should, be, it should be a good series. Like you said, the Braves have pitched lights out uh, throughout this, so it should be a very good series. Who do you like in the American League?
1: I think uh, Tampa Bay has really good pitching, and I think pitching usually wins in the playoffs, so I think uh, I I would, I think they deserve to be considered the favorite. Yeah. I think uh, Houston would be a good storyline just because everybody yes. hates them.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think at the Houston seems to me, though, like they're on a, like, we're going to prove that we don't need the trash cans. We can win it without the trash cans. So, uh, yeah, an Astros Dodger series would be... <laughs> would be interesting (laughs) especially what happened in the regular season with uh uh mr kelly and all that stuff so anyway but uh we'll have the football we'll be have plenty of stuff this week leading up to the football game uh kentucky tennessee it's no longer the battle for the beer barrel or bourbon beer barrel right right so uh it's just a kentucky tennessee rivalry uh so we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to that this week so be sure and look for mark your mark c story on twitter correct that is correct. And look for his stuff all week long. Look for his matchups and his prediction later in the week. Be sure and check that out. That's always a, always popular. And Mark, as as we do every Sunday, we appreciate for be we appreciate you for being on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, John.
0: Okay, thanks a lot to my guest, Mark Story. Uh, be sure and check him out, as I said, at Kentucky.com and in the print edition of The Herald Leader. Follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C Story. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can email me jclay at herald-leader.com. I uh, just want to say we thank everybody. We really appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. If you'd like to consider uh, supporting our work, we'd appreciate it. Uh, we have a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com. It's $30 for the first year. You get all of our UK football, UK basketball, UK recruiting, high school coverage, all for $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on that subscription button, check out our offers, a sports-only subscription for $30 for the first year. Uh, We like to thank everybody who listens to these podcasts. You can find these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, iHeart, just about any place, Google Podcasts, just about any place that you can find podcasts. You can find this podcast, the John Clay Podcast. Give us a rating and a review, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get the word out and helps with the podcast. Well, we're going to have a podcast later this week, uh, UK Basketball Recruiting Podcast with Ben Roberts. Be sure and look for that. Uh, That'll be sometime in the middle of the week. And then later in the week, we will have a a preview of the Kentucky-Tennessee game where I'll talk to Josh Moore for Kentucky Scouting Report. We'll also get a Tennessee Scouting Report leading up to the game on Saturday. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be talking to you again soon.